1: Takes me back, man. NBA 2K12 intro. My favorite NBA 2K of all time. Good stuff from Jake Meyer on the boards. Ones and twos in for uh, Andrew Detmer. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into this segment because this is just perplexing. I wake up, the news comes down. And now everything's kind of wonky for the Denver Nuggets. Let's get on out now to the GoFast Energy Drink Hotline and text line 831 1340 Bring in my guy, Ryan Blackburn. He is the site manager over at Denver Stiffs as well as the host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Ryan, my man, how we doing on this Thursday?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm good, Anil. You know, I appreciate you having me on. And like you, I was very confused when I woke up this morning and, and saw the Mike Singer report that uh, the bowl-bowl trade is going to be null and void.
1: So how do we even get to this point? Because, I mean, I'm remembering two, three days ago, the Nuggets and the Pistons Twitter accounts both saying, official, Bull Bull has been traded. You know, the official, everything's coming out. And here we are on a Thursday at 9.30 in the morning, and now Bull Bull's on his way back. I mean, how did we even get to this point?
0: Yeah, so I think this is a classic case of social media accounts kind of jumping the gun. Mm. On on when when a trade was made official and and it was to be clear this this trade was made official but it's always pending physicals and when you when you send a player like Bol Bol uh, who hasn't played a ton this year uh, the, the Detroit Pistons are very interested in him they they wanted to get him into their building see what he looked like and they they apparently found something that that they just didn't like in his physical report that was not uh, something that they wanted to deal with when they made the trade i'm not i'm not surprised that something like this happens. it just it doesn't usually happen because usually a player like uh... bobo or from from denver side of things usually the team will catch it but the nuggets they felt like they they were okay with with bobo's physical health and then the pistons did not agree
1: so where does Denver go from here with Bull Bull? And I'm, I mean, it just seemed like, you know, Detroit was honestly kind of an ideal landing spot for him, right? A team that's young, trying to figure out their identity, can play with Cade Cunningham, give him an opportunity uh, to, you know, get some consistent run in before, before he hits restricted free agency. If he can't pass a physical with the Detroit Pistons, who's to say he can pass a physical with any other team should Denver want to trade him?
0: Yeah, that's a it's a great point. And if if the Pistons aren't willing to take on that responsibility, take on a flyer for a player that's going to be there for what three months before hitting free agency, then I'm not I'm not sure a lot of other teams are going to be willing to do the same thing. Like like you said, the Pistons are a are an ideal match for a player like Bowl Bowl, who very raw doesn't necessarily have the refinement. Of, of a player that the Nuggets need right now, but he has the skill set that a that a team like Detroit should be coveting. Uh, what they found was that it just it just wasn't meant to be, and that he wasn't necessarily the guy that they wanted to take a chance on from a physical perspective. And that's a that's a problem. That's a problem if you're if you're around the NBA, if you're looking at bull ball, and you're seeing this report, then the natural question is, okay, so what did they find? And the Nuggets are going to be. Uh, asking the same thing themselves. They've probably already got that answer from the Detroit side of things, and they're going to have to make a decision themselves on if they're going to want to find a way to deal him to another team or if they're just going to have to cut him completely.
1: Yeah, no, good stuff. We're chatting with uh, Ryan Blackburn, site manager over at Denver Stiffs, as well as the host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast right here on the Sports podcast network. And I I do wonder, you know, what was it that Detroit did discover, right? Because, you know, Bull Bull is physically a very you know interesting type of player right very skinny lanky you know it has to beef up a little bit so I'm curious as to what maybe they discovered. maybe that comes out here in recent time but there's also been a little bit of a ripple effect right I know that Denver was planning to try to sign DeMarcus Cousins to a potential 10-day contract I think Mike Singer just tweeted out about 15 minutes ago that they might have to put that on hold what are some of the ripple effects that come with having to now bring back Bull Bull or figure out what to do with his roster spot?
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and they, they were going to keep Rodney Magruder, who they, who they had kept and, and for who they had acquired from Detroit. That, that wasn't anything that they were going to really shift around. Uh, the DeMarcus Cousins thing, that's more of a hardship exception
1: okay. uh,
0: question where, where Denver, Will Barton went through the health and safety protocols, and, and Denver's natural response to that was to sign James Ennis. And they they made that official. James Dennis is still in Denver, by the way. James Ennis wearing number ten, right. which is Bull Bull's old number, which that's going to provide some some intrigue, if if you will. But I do think that uh, Demarcus Cousins is still in the plans. Uh, will Barton, though, cleared health and safety protocols yesterday. He's no longer uh, sick with the with the COVID, and so he is going to. Uh, probably play tonight for the Nuggets, which means that Denver wouldn't necessarily come. Like they wouldn't qualify for a second hardship mm-hmm. exception, which is what they would have had uh, with Demarcus Cousins in town. So, it's just a natural uh, time that I think I think they're going to have to wait for James Dennis's hardship exception to expire. And once that happens, then they will have discussions once again.
1: Okay, it'll be very interesting. We're chatting with Ryan Blackburn, site manager over at Denver Stiffs. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at NBA Blackburn. And uh, a tweet of yours actually just came across my feed from about an hour ago. You said, would be shocked if Bulbul returned to the Nuggets. The bridge is already broken and it's appeared closer to a hostage situation than a healthy relationship for about a year. Probably time to just send him away and figure out a new solution before the February 10th deadline. What are some of those possible solutions for the Denver Nuggets and Bulbul?
0: well it's probably still a clean break it's probably where they keep them away from the team for a while and they they just decide that uh, they they want to move a different direction i mean they've already decided that both both player and team were happy with this uh when when the deal came across uh the nuggets and and Bull, they just they just never really worked out and though denver doesn't have any ill feelings towards Bull, Bull they want, they want to see him succeed. They want to see him find his opportunity. And they sent him to a place in Detroit where they thought that that could happen. And so that didn't happen. You're going to have to figure out what to do now. But, but it may come down to, uh, like I said earlier, potentially moving him to a different rebuilding situation or uh, just just cutting him altogether. Because I, I think that Denver needs these roster spots mm-hmm. as they approach uh, the playoffs, given that Michael Porter is probably going to be out for the entire season, given that Blacko Chanchar is, has been on the shelf and will continue to be on the shelf with his own injury, Denver needs these spots, and, and they can't have a guy that they don't necessarily trust in the rotation. And that's, that's been pretty clear throughout this whole Bowl Bowl situation is that Denver's coaching staff just doesn't really trust them.
1: Denver currently at 20 and 19. Pennsylvania is the sixth seed right now in the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, there's a logjam of teams right now out west. Denver loses a heartbreaker to the Clippers. What was that? Two nights ago last night. And then they're going to come back tonight against the Portland Trailblazers with an opportunity to bounce back. But I, I want to hone in on something that Michael Malone said after that game, right? And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, you know, sometimes I think the modern NBA player is more so worried about where they're going out than why they won or lost a game, right? And, and we know that Malone has always kind of drawn these lines in the sands. He's a very intense head coach you know lets that come out through the media uh where do you just think the relationship is with Malone having come back from the COVID with the team right now because it was clear that he aired some frustration after that loss to the Clippers
0: yeah I kind of had a personal problem with it just Mm. just because I I think that Denver as shorthanded as they are without Will Barton somebody who would naturally be stepping into some of those situations I, I think that Denver was in a really tough situation creating offense and they didn't really have an answer when when certain guys didn't necessarily step up and michael malone he he kind of insinuated that players were a little bit more interested in in where they were going out that night rather than the actual result of the game and i kind of have a problem with that because the nuggets they they all care they they want this team to continue to succeed and it's just it's just a really tough situation where i i think that michael malone he's he's using these bullets up where uh, there, there are only a certain number of times you can call out the effort and attitude right. of your own team before it starts to fall on deaf ears. And and I'm just a little bit worried that he's using these these opportunities up early in the season, and Denver's still got a long way to go, where they've, they've got this team and they've got this group, and this, this isn't changing for the next 15, 20 games or so. Well, uh, Jamal Murray's not walking through that door for for another few weeks here, so... I think that Denver's just got to figure this out together. And dividing the locker room is probably not a good idea.
1: No, I agree, and I mean, relative to the standings right now in the Western Conference, I mean, there's a logjam with teams between five and nine for the most part. I mean, you got Portland, who's eight games below five hundred as the ten right now, but Minnesota, a game below. The Lakers five hundred, the Clippers five hundred, Denver a game up, uh, Dallas two games above five hundred. So I understand that maybe they're not playing their best basketball, but at the end of the day, nobody in the Western Conference is really you know there's there's a lot of teams kind of grouped up together, so. It presents an interesting opportunity for Denver down the stretch, and you mentioned Jamal Murray. I do want to ask you, because I kind of expect Jamal to err on the side of caution, I and mean, we all know that there's still going to be no Michael Porter Jr. as well. I mean, what is the outlook for this team, just knowing the Western Conference is, you know, potentially the most fragile it's been in quite some time?
0: Well, I, I will just say that if, if you get anything close to a healthy version of Jamal Murray back then, it really, it really does change everything for the outlook of this team. Think about what Denver looked like last game, where they're struggling to try to close a game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Does that happen, and do they execute so poorly if they have Will Barton in the, in the lineup, if they have Jamal Murray in the lineup? Right. They've got uh, just, just a, a group that is a lot more competent off the dribble, a lot more competent as an offensive execution standpoint. Uh, that, that doesn't happen. Those, these kinds of losses are, are definitely eliminated from their repertoire, in my opinion. Uh, I think that Denver is still firmly in the group where uh, they are below the threshold of title contenders in the Western Conference, where I, th- I think below a team like the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, I think those two teams have really separated themselves. But could Denver beat Utah in a playoff series if they have Absolutely. a healthy Jamal Murray? Absolutely. Could they beat Memphis? Absolutely. Could they beat the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Lakers? Absolutely. I I have zero doubt in my mind because they have one of the best players in the world in Nicole Jokic, and they have his running mate in Jamal Murray at that point. It really does shift everything uh, because then you can, like, with the the bench problems and the starting unit problems, everything kind of falls back into its natural order of things when you have your guy back. And so I, I would be a little bit less concerned about the minutiae as Denver tries to work through the muck of the season right now, if they can uh, continue to work through it and if they can just get through this uh, really tough stretch, then they're going to be fine.
1: We shall see. Okay, one more general NBA question for you. Cam Reddish gets traded to the New York Knicks this morning. Kevin Knox going back to Atlanta. It seems like Atlanta is kind of open for business. Just curious if you have any thoughts on the Knicks acquiring a pretty good young player uh, with a pretty high ceiling.
0: Uh, I like the deal for the Knicks. And. I, I will say that, that Cam Reddish is kind of just a, a plus version of Kevin Knox. Mm. Right now, he, he hasn't really proven that much more than than what uh, Kevin Knox has in this league to this point uh, because the, the defense hasn't quite been there with Cam Reddish so far, despite the fact that it, it probably should be. So I'm a little bit concerned. I, I think that's... Uh, the Knicks are trying to make a, a not a, not necessarily a full on win now move, but it's just like I'm, I'm concerned with where the Knicks are specifically. I, I think that Atlanta is actually approaching this correctly, Ooh. where you've got a guy that's kind of uh, serving superfluous value right now. You flip him for a 2022 first round pick and then can try to regroup next season when you're not so injured.
1: No, smart thoughts from one Ryan Blackburn. You guys can follow him on Twitter at NBA Blackburn. man. Tell people what's coming up on the Pickaxe Pickax and Roll podcast and where they can find it before we let you loose.
0: Of course, man. Uh, well, everybody can follow the podcast. It's been, it's been doing good numbers lately. Uh, really appreciate all of the support that everybody has had for that program. Uh, we'll be on tonight after uh, just recapping the Nuggets and Blazers game. So, everybody keep an eye out.
1: Good stuff. Ryan Blackburn, Denver Stiffs, Pickaxe and Roll podcast. We'll do it again soon, my man. Thanks for some time.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me, Neil. Yes,
1: sir. There he goes. The man himself. Real good follow. NBA Blackburn on Twitter. One of the best out there covering your Denver Nuggets. All right. Three segments down. One more to go. Can we try to make some bets tonight. I know there's uh, well, no, the Nuggets do play. They gotta bounce back tonight. They gotta bounce back. Let's make some bets. We'll do that next right here on the program. Eleven forty-five. Anilo Piro, Mile City, back in the field.
0: With the lucky Land landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.